Psalms 91. A loving husband and father woke up one morning, walked into the kitchen, was greeted by his wife, and she said, Honey, do you realize what today is? He said, Absolutely, I realize. I wouldn't forget today of all days. So he got in his car, headed down the road, thinking, What day is it? Is it our anniversary? Is it our first date? Is it I first told her I loved her? What is today? Runs to the office, calls the secretary, says, I want you to call the finest restaurant, and I want you to get a table for two. I want you to order the best bottle of champagne. He called his wife and said, honey, I want you to put on your best dress, put your makeup, put your hair on. We're going to go out and celebrate tonight. So he picked her up from work. They went to the finest restaurant, ate the finest meal, drank the finest wine. At the conclusion of the day, he said, honey, how was today? She said, this was the best St. Patrick's Day I've ever had. <laughs> the best St. Patrick's Day. If you're wearing green, if you're wearing green, you have permission to pinch somebody who's not wearing green. Who's, who is, there's nobody really, there's a few greens, uh, but the star definitely is green or, or green. So we've got, so, so if, if you don't have any green on, then you're probably going to get pinched by somebody. Uh, Psalms 91 is probably uh, of the, all the wonderful scriptures in the Bible, I would say that John 3, 16 is my favorite scripture. Probably Isaiah 40 and 31 is my second favorite, they that wait upon the Lord. But probably the third would be Psalm 91. At a, a very young age in ministry, uh, when I was just a, a few months in ministry, uh, Psalms 91 was one of the first chapters that I committed to memory, one of the first chapters that I quoted uh, in, in, in ministry. And uh, several years ago, Psalms 91 played a very, very special part in an area of warfare that I was going through. It was actually about 34 years ago, and uh, Courtney was two days old, and we were told that she had a major uh, heart challenge, uh, transposition of the great arteries. As you know, your, your heart has two valves. One pumps through the body blue blood and comes back red. The other pumps through the body red blood and comes back blue. That's what those two arteries do. And her arteries were switched. Uh, she had transposition. They went out blue and came back blue, went out red, came back red, which made her what doctors call a blue baby. And uh, we were told that she was going to have to endure open-heart surgery at a very young age. How old was she? She's 12 weeks old, and she weighed about 10 pounds. Uh, they uh, actually took her heart out of her body and took from her heart a piece of material and created a straw and a valve, and they plugged the straw in the top of her heart and the bottom of her heart. It was a surgery that lasted uh, several hours, and uh, it, was a, it was an effective surgery, but while we were waiting for the doctors to complete the surgery, I went and got on an elevator to go down. We were at Vanderbilt, and I was going down to the cafeteria to get a cup of coffee or, or something to snack on, something to eat. And when I shut the elevator door, all of a sudden, I felt overwhelmed by darkness. Can anybody relate? I mean, you got news so devastating and so horrific that I just felt, I just felt, I felt the spirit of the enemy. I felt like the enemy was in that elevator. And I felt like the enemy was taunting me and just just reminding me that 
are trying to tell me that God was going to let me down, that Courtney was not going to survive. And it was a real, it was a real battle. It was a real, one of the most intense spiritual battles I probably had encountered at that, at that time, 33 years ago. And I remember when the elevator door opened and I went to step out of the elevator, I turned and looked towards the, the elevator and I began to quote Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place in the most high. And as I began to quote that scripture, I felt God's love and, and, and provision and promise. And I looked at that elevator and I said, take that devil and push that elevator door shut and sent the elevator back to where, wherever it came from with the attitude that God was in control. Amen. And I'm here to tell you today that God is still in control. 34 years later, God is still in control. They told us she wouldn't be like other children, that she would get tired easy, that she'd have to be on medication, she wouldn't be able to travel, this and this and this, and everything they spoke over her was inaccurate. Uh, she's traveled and she's played with other kids pretty well and uh, has a, a, a level of energy that I admire. But God has been faithful, and God was faithful in that particular scripture. And as I was looking at Psalm uh, 91 yesterday, I realized that Psalm 91 is, di is divided into six parts, and I wanted to share those parts with you today for taking notes. In Psalms 91, you will find God's presence, you will find his protection, you will find his peace, you'll find his perspective, you'll, take his, you'll find his provision, and you'll find his power. And I just wanted to look at a couple of those, uh, those thoughts today. I'll say them again, God's presence, God's protection, God's peace, God's perspective, God's provision, and God's power. Those of you that weren't here Wednesday night, we uh, had a special teaching on what the Word has to say about giving. And uh, yesterday I listened to a tape by Dr. Jimmy Evans, who was commenting on a book entitled Good Things Happen to Good People. Uh, it's not an easy read. It was a book uh, designed by several uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, they combine their research and they combine their material in one particular passage in the, in the book. There were over 500 confirmations, 500 different perspectives that begin to teach that those that give live longer. Those that give live healthier. Those that give are more satisfied. And it was Jesus that said, or Paul actually quoting Jesus in Acts 20, 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And as we reflected Wednesday night about the joys of giving, there's just something special about making something happen for somebody else. And not always in a money area, not always in a material area, but in the area of prayer. There's something special that happens when you pray for somebody. Three things happen when you take the time to intercede and pray for somebody. And I like Facebook because several times during the day, there'll be a request for prayer. And I'll stop right then what I'm doing, and I'll have a word of prayer. And then I'll, I'll, I'll Facebook them and say, praying right now. There's a special blessing attached when you begin to pray, and you begin to give your time and your effort and your, and your substance to somebody else in prayer. The three things that happen. Number one, you become intimate with the one you're praying to. The more you talk to God, the more intimate you become with him. Number two, you become intimate with who you're praying for. 
There's a bond that's established when you need to pray for someone that needs something and you get in their space and get in their, in their life and you begin to intercede for them. You become intimate with them. And number three, you become intimate with who you pray with. There's power in prayer, but the Bible says, where two or three agree in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So there's things that happen. We begin to pray for one another. It sets us up for a blessing. And I want to tell you something, as we begin to give to God in response, we, re- we realize that God's hand is a lot bigger than our hand. And we offer to God what we have in our hand and what we can hold in our hand. And then God offers to us what he can hold in his hand. And let me tell you something, God's hand is a lot bigger than your hand. The Bible says, the heavens declare thy, work, thy, thy handiwork. And thy generosity, if you'll go out on a clear night when the stars are out, there's two, uh, there's two star, um, oh, what's that word I'm looking for? Yes, there's two star constellations that I can identify. There's, there's supposed to be a bunch of others. I can't I see a, the bear and the, the, all that. I, I can't see that, those particular stars. But there's two things I can see. I can see the little dipper, and I can see the big dipper. Those are two things that are obvious. And if you'll look at the Little Dipper, you'll notice that it's kind of offered towards heaven. It's a Little Dipper with, I think, seven stars, and there's a handle, and the handle looks like you're offering something to heaven. If you look at the Big Dipper, the Big Dipper is turned upside down, and it looks like something is pouring out of heaven. How many ever notice that? It's, It's incredible when you see even in the heavens, God say, there is no way you can beat me giving. I'll always match you. And then five areas of blessing, God said, I'll provide. First of all, in Zechariah 9 and 12, he said, I will restore double what the enemy has stolen. So we know that when we sow, we receive a double. Then in Mark 3, we talk Wednesday, Wednesday that God talks about a sevenfold blessing. And we had, uh, was it Michael? Actually, you folded it seven times, didn't you? And we showed how it's not multiplication, but it's double. Uh, Michael came up after the service, and we had a little chat about uh, something that we both were familiar with. And I want to let me put uh, Pastor Todd on the spot. Pastor Todd, I want to hire you for the next 30 days. And I'm going to give you an option as to how you would choose to be paid. I'll either pay you $1,000 a day for 30 days, or I'll pay you a penny and every day that penny will double. So the first day I'll give you a penny, the second day I'll give you two pennies, the third day I'll give you four pennies. Are you with me? So I'm gonna double that. So Pastor Todd, would you choose $1,000? Was you here Wednesday night? No, but I'll take Okay, you take, so you don't want the $1,000 a day, you want the penny? Well, we had fun with that 30-fold blessing and, I, and because I had the time and I had the paper, I did the math, and if you will take a penny and you will double it, are you ready? For every day at the end of 30 days, would anybody like to take, if you weren't here Wednesday night, would anybody like to take a wild guess at what that amount would be? Anybody? Just a rough guess. Josh? A wild guess. How much? Uh, Chris? You, Chris? A wild, a wild, 30 to the power of, okay, if you, if you take that penny and you double it every day for 30 days, at the end of 30 days, you would have 
870,912 pennies. So how many says, I'll take the penny? So what God, what God is saying is that I will, I will give you 30-fold. When we sow an hour of our life or an hour of our time or an hour of our effort or an hour of our money, each one of you probably in some way, shape, or form have determined what you're worth an hour. I have friends in my life that are worth $35 an hour. I have friends in my life that are worth $100 an hour. There has been several occasions with Pastor Rhonda, and there's been a few occasions with me where they will fly me in and feed me and put me in a motel and have me speak for an hour. I think uh, the, 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 the largest honorarium I ever received for one particular service was $5,000. So uh, I'm not saying that I'm worth $5,000 an hour, but uh, you can do the math and you can determine. And when someone asks for an hour of my time, I try to focus in the fact that my time is worth something. And so if I'm going to take an hour and share with you, it would be nice if you followed up on the counsel or you followed up on the suggestion because you're, look at someone and say, my time is worth something. And when you sow in the kingdom of God correctly, the Bible says the least that God is going to do is give you double. And he said the most he's going to do is give you a hundredfold. I share with you Wednesday night, there is not a computer that we have, have on this planet can, that can determine the hundredfold blessing because it's, it's, it's one, and I think there's like 80 zeros that follow. I'm, the hundredfold blessing is scary. And what I, what I learned Wednesday night and shared with you is that the reason many of us have to live forever in heaven is because of what we sowed effectively on earth. Today, you are sowing into an eternal reward and eternal blessing. And for you to live, even with the 30-fold blessing, if I were to take a portion of my life and I were to sow it correctly in the kingdom of God, and God were determined that that, that seed was worth the 30-fold blessing, I would have to live millions of years just to enjoy the blessing of one seed. I, I taught you Wednesday night that you can take a kernel of corn and if you'll plant it correctly and water it, the sun hit it the way it's supposed to, that kernel of corn will produce 8,000 kernels in return. That's why a farmer loves to get seed in the ground because when you plant seed in the ground, things are going to happen. If you'll take that kernel that, that, that delivered 8,000 kernels and you'll take those 8,000 kernels and you plant them effectively, it determines 64 million kernels in return. That's, look at someone and say, that's a lot of corn. That's a lot of corn. And that's why it's important to realize the Bible says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. So here we see, as we sow in the kingdom, and we're a part of the kingdom, God blesses our seed, and God blesses our faithfulness. Do I have a friend in the building? I had a revelation of Friday, that, or Wednesday rather, that shows us that when you tithe, you open the window of heaven, and you become a partner with God. And when you're a partner with God, that means every promise in the book is yours. Aren't you glad for that today, to partner with him? But your offering makes you not just a partner, but a producer. And you begin to sow into the kingdom effectively. You begin to produce results for you that bless you in every area of your life. And I shared with you 
that there are five areas of blessing, five windows that your tithe and offering will open, is that when you sow correctly, it will affect you emotionally. How many, how many is just, has been in a place where you were so, where you were, you were broke, busted, and disgusted? Anybody ever feel, man, just, just depressed and discouraged and just had the, the what, whatever it is, the, the, the blues or whatever? But when you had a pocket full of money, did you ever notice how much better you felt? You have a friend in the house that can relate emotionally. So when you sow correctly into the kingdom, God will open five windows of blessing. He'll, he'll, he'll bless you spiritually. There's just something, there's something about making something happen for somebody else that makes you feel good. It's a good feeling. And that's why it's more blessed to give than to receive. As we look at this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When I think about the shadow of God's hand, I think about the people of Egypt that came out of, the, out of Egypt into the wilderness where the weather there, and I have been there in the summer. I don't, I don't know if you're in the summer or not, but during the summer months, the temperature can get over 100 degrees. But God took his people out of the land of bondage into the land of victory and allowed his hand to shadow them, to shade them, so that the sun did not pierce them or scorch them. There's a place that you can be sheltered safe in the arms of God. There's a place that you can hide. There's a song that says, um, I feel the touch of hands so warm and tender. They're leading me in paths that I must trod. I'll have no fear for Jesus walks beside me. Help me for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and not of earth shall harm me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. There's a place that you can find. And it's not just Sunday morning. But there's a place that you can find sequestered. Where you feel sheltered by the presence and by the favor of God's hand on your life. And I don't know there's any feeling quite like knowing that you're in the perfect center of God's will, and, and he's got his arms of love around you, and he's shadowing you, and he's shading you, and he's keeping you from any harm or any danger. Is that a good feeling to anybody in the house? Amen. I remember there was a time we had two very precious dogs in our life. Uh, one was Spike, and one was Jasmine. On uh, Courtney's 18th birthday, we were at a... Uh, Christmas, I think, so you're at your mom's celebration. And so I walked in the house with a sports jacket on, and I told the, the everybody there that I had a special presentation for Courtney. Courtney was 18. She was drug-free. She was alcohol-free. She was walking in virginity. And I just, I just honored her. I said, I want to thank you for being a daughter that hasn't made me pull my hair out. You know, you haven't been to jail. You haven't been drunk. You haven't beat anybody up. And because of 18 years of just of living for the Lord, I have a special surprise for you. And so I went and looked at my jacket here and couldn't find. I went and looked at my jacket here and couldn't find anything. And then I opened this pocket up right here. And there was a little six-week-old chihuahua. And I let her name her. And she named her Jas Jasmine. And after, uh, uh, oh, help me. No. Jasmine after, um, yeah, secondhand lion. Jasmine, the little, the little princess there on secondhand lion. And uh, Jasmine, if you were laying down, if you were laying down on the couch, Jasmine would come and she would walk on your chest and she would, 
she would lay her little face looking at your face, and there she would fall asleep, and she would lay there. And Spike was the same way. He would come, and he would, he had, wherever you were, he had to be right there. He would get his face right up against your face and kind of, and then you got a crick in your neck because you didn't want to move, because you didn't want to hinder the dog because you wanted him to bless the dog. Anybody treat their dog like that? Everybody say you're sorry when you step on them. You say goodbye when you leave. You say hello when, hello when you arrive. I know. I know how you are. And there's just something about that. Well, I think that um, uh, Donnie Osmond, and they called it puppy love. But there's just something about that relationship. And do you know that's the exact same relationship that you can have with God? You can get so close to him. You can put your face so close to his face. You can literally lay right on his chest and his arms would come around and sequester you and hold you and protect you and provide for you. Does that bless anybody in the building this morning? That's what I have for you. I hope it was enjoyable. I hope it was a blessing this morning. I am so hungry. I cannot tell you how hungry I am. And so I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm going to let us, I'm going to let us uh, be released and go to the, uh, um, the place of, of provision. But I want to close. I want to close with just one thing. Those of you that were not here Wednesday night, I told you that if, if we share something, hopefully that we can back it up with the word of God. Hopefully there's that, that promise. Here, let, let Pastor re- reiterate everything that I, that I just said. When you sow correctly into the things of God and into the provision of God correctly, and God honors that seed and God blesses that seed and God attaches a 30 or a 60 or 100-fold blessing to that seed, you have to live forever just to receive the benefits of the seed you're planting on earth. This is our only window. This is our only opportunity. What we're doing right now for Christ will last. And the proof that we have to live forever.